I get to know you through your consistency in the cadence of getting an email from Brian every Saturday is something that shows me that you're an authority, you're an authority. And that's something that is stable that I can rely on. When you send emails once in a while, you actually look messy. Get ready for brilliant people, brilliant ideas, and a regular good time. This is Brilliant Thoughts with Success People editor, Tristan Almada. The show that thinks about how personalities, relationships, and communication shape business success. And now here he is. Tristan Amada. Finding the right messaging for your audience always seems to be a challenge, whether you're trying to do it on social media, online, or in person. That's why I really loved this conversation with Brian Pataka. He's got a great podcast called Brian Breaks Character. Take a look at that. But in this conversation, we go over the right questions to ask yourself to be able to get you to that place where you're connecting with your audience, whether it's in person or online, authentically. That's the key. One one question that he asked that, that really stood out for me was, what's something that made you angry or annoyed or even disappointed? And that's the place to start so you can start connecting with people way more. He said, uh, you know, how do you want to make people feel? after reading your message. And this is the key. This is why I loved interviewing Brian. Join us. You're going to love it. High energy, a lot to talk about. You may want to press pause a few times to catch up, but here we go. Welcome back, everyone. Another episode of Brilliant Thoughts, the Success Magazine podcast. And today I have Brian. Brian, is it Brian Pataka or is it Brian? Oh, I got it right. Perfect. I won't even. Yeah, right. First try. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like this. Thank you so much, Brian, for being on. Uh, let, let's just dive right into this. Let's talk about this. And I've got this one written down so I didn't forget it. How can people build excitement around who they are? Because I noticed that when I was looking you up, doing some research, it's like, dude, I, I, I want to talk to this guy. I want to I want to know more about him. You built that up with everything you've put out there. So help me with that. The first thing about this, I think, I appreciate that question so much, is we have to let go of trying to attract the people that aren't meant to be our people. And I say this from, I want everyone to know that I'm a non-denominational reverend. I mean, no religions, no dogma, no doctrine. So I believe we're all here. We're all kind. We're all humans meant to be here together. But what I mean by that is, you know, I relate to this sometimes, and this might work for some of your listeners, is, you know, you probably have an email list where you send out a newsletter or reminders about what's going on. I know I have a few realtors that send me their stuff. And people unsubscribe and people can have feelings about people unsubscribing to their email newsletter or whatever. And I relate to it in this way of saying, please unsubscribe from me if I'm not your person, because Mm -hmm. I want the people who I want my list of people that I'm emailing or that I'm staying in contact with, or that I'm texting or reaching out to, to be like the orange juice concentrate of people who are on board with the way that I approach the world. I use the word orange juice concentrate because when I was growing up, we used to get those cans from the freezer and you you take that little ribbon off the top and you dump it in the the Tupperware container, pour the water in, right? So like, I want the juice, I want the people on my list to be the people that are, you know, jonesing for the next newsletter. They can't wait to get the next one. And part of what I relate to this is I also don't want to add to the noise in someone's inbox. 
So right. I don't want you getting my email and being like, well, I did, I went house hunting today. Cause I'm looking, relating it to your listeners for a second here. Like I went house hunting today. Right. Because I looked at an email. Actually, no, you didn't. You just looked at an email. So if you are going to actually engage with it and work with it, I want those people to be the people who are there. So the first rule of, you know, uh, attracting your people or, or getting right people is to let go of the idea that everyone is your person. I think that's, that's a, important. That's a hard one, man. I, I yeah. think I feel like we're taught the opposite as we're growing our businesses, regardless of what we're trying to do. And I, I see people getting hurt. I understand what you said. It's like when somebody yeah. arrived, it's like, oh man, oh. What, what did I do? All right. So how do we get over that? How do we get yeah. to the realization? You know, I, I just interviewed Seth Godin and he said, now that I'm remembering, he said the exact same thing. It's like, not everybody is your tribe. You've got to find that tribe and you've got to be okay with these are your people and these will not agree with you. How do you get there though? Yeah. So one of the ways I think that you get there is you quit trying to attract everyone. This is like what you like. This is like you go over to chat GPT and say, write an email for my newsletter. That will be the email that's written for everyone in the world, as opposed to having a, an angle on it. This is not, I'm not against AI, by the way, but you better do a lot of prompting in there. So it actually sounds like you're talking to an individual person that is on your list that you care about. And the reason that I say that is I believe that I have not succeeded if I don't get unsubscribes. So let me say that another way. If I haven't made my opinion so well-known or my angle so well-known and one of the messages that I'm putting into the world, then that means I'm not making it clear for anybody if they should or shouldn't be on my list. I want someone to go, oh yeah, I agree with that. Or, oh no, that's not for me. I am not here trying to lead a debate stage. Right. I'm not trying to have fair news at, at the news at the news outlets. Right. I'm not over here trying to let me have fair news. No, I'm actually trying to get the people who are on my side and we're talking the same language. Right. We are right. not trying to be a a a thoughtful, apolitical CNN. Right. We're trying to be I have thoughts in my direction and I want people to if you're on board with this, then stay here and come to me. This isn't to say, remember, my work is not as a political operative. I want to make sure that that's very clear here, but that's the difference here is by saying what you believe in. So what I find is the people on my list, when they show up to an event or they purchase something, or I'm having a meeting with them, they're talking my same language. They're generally kind. Obviously kindness is a big part of what I do because I am a non-denominational reverend. They're willing to look at themselves because a lot of the work that I can do is around self-growth. So those are the people that I'm attracting because that's what I'm saying over and over again. If I was coming at you with a bunch of grow marketing, not only does it not like fit who I am, I'm not going to attract the right dudes or the right ladies or the right anybody, right? Because I'm going to be coming at you from the wrong. And so it's, it's interesting to me, um, you know, whenever somebody even is like, I'm trying to think of like, uh, I'm sure everybody gets some kind of customer service moments where someone will say like, Hey, this didn't fit the way that I wanted it to, or, Hey, can I return this? Very often when someone is doing a return with me or trying to lodge a complaint or something that didn't go the way that they wanted, they're coming us to us with incredible humanity. Hey, I think I, I might've not signed up for the right thing. It's not the same as a complaint. And I think that mm -hmm. resonates because that is the messaging and the integrity that we're putting out there. That isn't to say my integrity should be the person who's listening right now. Your integrity should be yours, but your consistency there allows someone to know who they're talking to, right? And I know this is hard when you're like, if you're trying to make a flashy newsletter with a bunch of pictures of fabulous houses, like you're like, what does this even fit for me? I understand. Like I'm talking about this in its most heightened state or it's, you know, I'm Tristan, well, I wonder how you, yeah. How do you connect the dots there? No, I, I like that, man. I, I'm trying to see what you're saying on the end of, so I get it on the real estate side. I see what yeah. you're saying. And I also get it on the entrepreneurial level, like business yeah. aspect, because the more we, we talk with 
that voice of this is why I love what when I was reading about the authenticity part of what you were saying. The more we talk with that voice, the more we attract those people that we're going to get along with in the first place. Yes. Right. And that are going to buy or convert or click or stay with you or open your email every single time. Right. So if yeah. you're staring, yeah, if you're looking at an email, like, why aren't people opening my emails more? Or why are people unsubscribed? Like, I would say because you're not being ballsy enough to say what you really think. And also, I think if you're going to be an entrepreneur who wants to have a voice in the marketplace that we're in, you need to have opinions about parsley. You can't come out with a bland messaging. It needs to be pithy. It needs to have some kind of messaging to has have something that you're saying in it, right? That gets me, that gets us engaged. Talk to me about that piece, because I think a lot of us want to play in a safe zone and not guide. And I think what keeps us from growing at the same time. We've got to pick a side, I think, at some yeah. point, right? Yeah. And also, and I want to make sure we're, this isn't even a binary, right? It's just pick what is oh. your take, right? This is this is like my take on this. Yeah. Yeah, not political. Yeah, not political. What is my take on this? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the reason I say that is because I don't want to think like you have to pick like, right? Because there, I'll, I'll share a story for us. So we are, I, just, yeah. I shared this with Tristan before. We went to look at, I live in Pasadena. We went and look at some houses in Connecticut. We had a realtor we were working with. And I will tell you, he, he wasn't a fit. We didn't know that at first until I spent some more time with him. And I was like, oh, this person, my partner is a salesman. He works at an enterprise startup company. I am an online business marketer. I was like, oh, this guy is not a kind shark. And what I needed was a kind shark. Ooh, I like that. And that, and I, that might be the name of my book, right? So I needed there to be kindness, but I also needed him to be like, hey, if we're going to get this house, you need to put an offer. And now this isn't going to last. It's probably going to go to 1.8 or like, I needed someone who was leading a little bit more and had a less mm-hmm. of a casual attitude. And that's what Brian needs. That's what Brian Pataka needs. And so for me, I didn't get to figure that out till I was with him. Now, had I been seeing marketing pieces from him, or he had been putting me on an email list, or he'd been texting with us with a certain style I would have been able to catch that before we were in the room with him, right? Or we're on the feet on the feet on the ground, right? And I think we yeah. we and this isn't to say you need to text every single one of your clients if that's not the vibe you want to put in your business, but you're the when you start to sing your own song for lack of a better phrase right here, we start to see ourselves and how we fit inside of it. Got it. Yeah. Right? I so see like that. right now if I was a realtor what I could imagine if I'm empathizing is like, okay, my buyers are worried about, you know, like the rates, they're kind of, but some of them are not worried about the rates. There are people who have a lot of money in their pocket. It's a really tough market right now. So what is my messaging around that? That is specific to me. And it doesn't mean that the specific to me, I want to really make this special is like, I have to be the only one saying it. No, you just have to have your way of saying it. Right. So is that relating it to through a story? Is it talking about a, a client that you have? Is it a talk about a specific house that you were so excited to see get sold? Like we get to know you through the way you tell stories. And I think I'm sure many of people are familiar with Story Brand who are listening to this, this, yep. this podcast, right? And so we just get to, I think we understand who people are with how they tell the stories, not just what the stories are. Right. So you know, I this is like one of my favorite topics of all time. Oh, good. And and I think only because I feel like I suck at it. I'm terrible. All right. That's fine. That's the truth. Right. I'll whip you into submission today. <laughs> yeah. Um, like I, I want to tell my story, right? Yes. I, I want I want to connect with people, but I feel like I always second guess myself. I doubt myself. It's like, but what if here's here's the part that we started with? But what if I don't reach everyone I want to reach? <laughs> Right, which is what you said. 
<laughs> so here's what I'll say. Two things. One is it's important. There's a, a in, tr- in terms of sharing your story, I think it's important that you do center your listener or your reader when you're sharing it. Because otherwise mm-hmm. it does sound like an ego brag fest, right? So why am I telling you this story? Why is it important for me to share this with you? Otherwise, it does sound like I'm awesome. Look at my incredible life. la di da da unsubscribe, right? We have to give the reasoning for why I'm sharing this with you, right? So I think it's one of the things that I use, a tool that I use, this is a copywriting tool, but I use it when I'm teaching. I use it when I'm presenting is to narrate my actions. I'm sharing this story with you because I want you to understand X, Y, Z, A, B, C. Typically, we just hear the story. So I really narrate my intentions. And by narrating my intentions, what does that person feel taken care of, seen, understood? I mean, no, everyone opens their inbox. The way that people relate to their inboxes this to, to, in this day and age, I think, is like a to-do list. Do I delete this? Do I need to respond to this? Do I take action later? Right? I want to be on someone's to-do list. That's why for me, an online marketer, my email list is the most important thing. So getting, I'm getting to your point here, I promise, Tristan, is- I'm taking notes, man. <laughs> okay, so the, my point here is, if I continue to sing my song, my particular song, and I continue to make, you know, I don't think we want to get down this road too far, but like the funnels that are going to bring more people into that list, the rightful people will show up if what I'm using to create to attract them to my list still is within that voice. That's right? interesting. Yeah. yeah I, can, I agree with you on that. I hadn't looked at it that way. The narration part really resonates with me because if I take somebody through and I'm instead of telling you uh, what, what happened, I'm actually explaining to you and saying, hold on just a second. This is why, right? Yeah. It's almost like, hold on, man. It's almost like I'm watching a YouTube, a YouTube video. video. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's also like if, if you've ever had a really great teacher in your lifetime who really resonated and you understood, like they probably didn't just say this and this and this. They probably gave you a little bit of the why you needed to know this or yeah. why it's important that I'm sharing this. And, and what it does, it's a very simple, in some ways it's a trick and in some ways it's a really resourceful tool. But the way I think it's a trick is it lets the reader, the listener, mm-hmm. the student, the person in the room you're presenting to understand that you are centering their experience more than yourself. Yeah, that's so true. Because we've all been, yeah, make it about them. Yeah. And I think Mm -hmm. there used, I mean, I think we used to be told, this is like the 1990s. I feel like we were taught, like, just add value whenever you reach out to someone. Like, here's a recipe or here's my favorite book, which is like a bunch of bullshit because you just kind of went and found that thing and threw it to the bottom of your newsletter. Or like, here's some information about the neighborhood you'll be moving into, which is what it usually says on (laughs) my realtor one, right? Yeah. 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 It feels a little generic. So indifferent, it feels generic instead of, I'm a super foodie. Here's what you need to know about da da da. And this restaurant is in this neighborhood. So when you're there, order this. Like it just is a little bit more, it's vulnerable because you're sharing something about yourself, right? But it also mm-hmm. shows me, oh, you've taken some care to present this to me. That, that's so true, man. I like that. Um, I actually, I'm going to write down what I, now that, that you, you're telling me this, I want to write down what my messaging is, who my target audience is. Like uh, what's, what's my messaging to my audience? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm always scared that if I put myself out there, like they won't like me. I don't know if you yeah, have that. Uh, and I'll just say, Tristan, I'll say is, well, I want to, let's play worst case scenario. What if they don't like you? What's going to happen? Are they all going to click subscribe, unsubscribe? No, it's just probably the ones that don't like me. <laughs> <laughs> That's- and also I, I would even take it a step further and say, 
it isn't even about you. It is about the angle that you're taking. So it even gets to take away from a being. So one of the, one of the relations, ways I like to think about this is I'm certain that the CEO of Coca-Cola does not look like a Coca-Cola bottle. But if you have feelings about, and, and, and your feelings around what a Coca-Cola bottle looks like does not affect this person's ego whatsoever. That's so, so we got to take ourselves out of it. Of like, this is my take. You like my take? Great. You're going to learn a lot here. You're going to, you're going to, there's going to be a lot for you here. You don't like this take, please go away. I mean, that's not what I say, but like, I'm saying it on this podcast. I'll say it on my own podcast. I will say, don't listen to me. If this isn't resonating, you please find someone who does. And what I think that does is again, it's actually not centering me. It's centering the experience of the person who's listening. Like, oh yeah, listening to Brian is actually not doing the thing. Listening to Brian gets me inspired. Am I going to do the thing he says, or am I going to go find somebody else? It's also a really incredible, I think, sales tactic. I think so too, man. Right. Like I want to create an environment. Yeah. I want to create an environment where you are most led to have to make a decision instead of an environment where it's just like, oh, kind of okay. And a little bit me like just this, everything's kind of in the middle ground. Like I want to create a funnel where you feel another way I would say this is um, one of my great coaches taught me this, you know, whenever we made a big purchase, we usually think about it. We just have a lot of thinking to do, right? I got, if I'm going to buy, when I bought my car, I was like, do I want to spend this much money? And maybe it took me, you know, we have that tension that is created to make a big decision. If I'm a good salesperson, I'm going to lead you to a tense place where you are going to make the big decision. I'm not mm-hmm. leading you to, oh, well, this is so easy. No, because I'm not selling something that's $3. I can make the, anybody can say yes to $3. That's not true, but let's just for the sake of this say three, right? But if you're spending $50,000 on a car, or $1.5 million on a house, you probably need to have some tension, some who, when you're making that big shift inside of your body and the say yes to something like that, you're going to need to feel that yeah. it's that, that space. And so I, my job is to create a space where you're not in a, maybe we'll see kind of mode. I like this, man. Tension is required. Is required. I like yeah. that. I mean, if you think about it this way, another way is like, okay, so I'm 47 years old. It's getting to be time if we're going to have a kid, my partner and I are going to have to figure out how we're going to have a kid. I'm gay in case you haven't all figured that out yet. So it's not just, you know, let's get pregnant. There's gonna be a bigger process here, right? So there is tension around my age and around trying to have a child. And what does that look like? And also settling into a house. So there's some tension I'm bringing into the conversation already. We already have our own tension. And then as the salesperson, as that you're creating a space where, and I, the reason I say tension is because I think it's the word to relate to. I'm not saying you make, you are making them feel gross or icky. What you're actually doing is giving them the right space to say yes or no. They're brought to the position where I could say, you know what? I'm not moving. I know that that means it's going to put a big delay on us settling into a house. That probably means we're going to have to have a delay in settling into having a kid. Like I need to be brought to that space where I can make that decision. And it's the same thing for the, this is all related to the unsubscribe button too. Like, I want to be so clear in my messaging that you can say, I'm on for Brian. I'm in for Brian. I opened his email. I read every single one. Right? Mm. You know, I agree with that. And let's let's talk about email really quick. Yeah. Because I agree with you in that it's really important. I think sometimes it's overlooked. It's actually, it's overlooked a lot. Yeah. By entrepreneurs. And it, and it can build a bigger business. How, how did you start? Yeah. Your, your list and how do you continue to grow it? Got a few ways. And I'll say, you're right. For an online business, and this will be, for an online business, the number one measure of your success is the number of people on your list. 
It's the end of the story. That's exactly what's done. Everyone will tell you that it's more, it's more people convert over email than do over Instagram, social media, anywhere. It's always more converting there. Unless let's say you're selling a pair of shorts, maybe in that space, maybe they sell a little bit more, but I'll just tell you, I suspect some of them will also say it's still a service-based industry for sure. It's your email list, right? So I bet you Nike will say the same thing though. I bet you they'll even say that. So here's, I grew my list in, per, I was teaching in person for a long time, but when I was, I don't know how I learned this, but when I graduated, I went to Northwestern and I got to New York city and I was being an actor when I first got to New York. Actually, that's not true. I worked in advertising when I first got to New York. And from oh. the moment I got to New York, I said, I'm going to save every single email address I ever get for the rest of my life. I don't know how I learned that. Wow. In 22, I just kept saving them. And you know what? Gmail does this for you, everybody. So some email addresses are already there for you. So just know that Gmail has been a gift for some of us. It's it's a little big brother-ish, but it's been watching you. Um, And you can grab those contacts. That's one place. The other is, you know, I remember I had this like jar full of it. This was a time when we really used business cards, right? This is 1998. So I was putting every business card's email address onto it. So that was the beginning baby, baby steps, right? Since then, as my business has grown, it's had to be a lot more, uh, let's say significant, right? I've had to put things out into the world where I'm getting someone's email address. And I'll say, there's a couple of ways that I've done that. One of my most, so I use something called a lead magnet, right? You enter your email address and you put your name on it. And then I send you some kind of great resource. So for a while I had a resource that was, um, templates to help actors reach out to managers and agents. I now have a new philosophy around that. So I don't really think templates are the way to go, but for a time, that was really helpful to actors. And so, and I work with a lot of actors, right? So they would be putting their email and grab these templates that were really valuable. It was like 44 different templates they could use and really helped them to create. So it was like, I'd done a lot of research and those templates came from, guess what? Working with my clients and what the the one-on-one clients, what I had created for them. So I'm thinking Mm -hmm. about, for example, there was a realtor who said, hey, I've got this calculator tool that I'm going to have you use to figure out what you can use to pay for your monthly payment for you and your partner to use. That would be a beautiful, shareable gift to give someone. Like if you're, you know, like give it a fun name and then share it with people. That is, so the, 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 t- the, the trick is you can't just like create a lead magnet, put it on the web and be like, and now people will find it, right? You have to get it into the hands of people. <laughs> and that's the part where I think I have made my mark. And I've had, I've been on podcasts to talk about this specifically. And I really want everyone to, if there's anything you take away from it, it is this, is to lean into the idea of, uh, cross-promotional partners. And the reason why I say that is ads are expensive. Ads don't always work. It's hard to get uh, leads that are worthwhile. And for me, what that means is I've reached out to, okay, you're an acting coach. Would you share my free resource with your list? And I'll share your free resource with my list. So we're kind of trading, oh. right? Mm. So for realtor, that'd be like, you could ask a restaurant. You could ask, like, it, it doesn't even have to be, because you're probably going to have realtors are probably competitive, I'm imagining. I don't believe in competition in my business. It's different from my business, however. But I would be asking like a headshot photographer and then I'd ask a acting teacher. And then I would ask someone who does, um, helps people put their reels together. And I would just ask them over and over. And I got in a system where that was a rinse and repeat cycle that we're doing it all throughout the year. I will tell you, I took ads for six months. I wish I could have all that money back. All of it, every single dollar. Nothing about it was good. Uh, and I was paying, you know, $4,000 a month for ads and $4,000 a month for my uh, ad advertising executive person, right? Agency. It did not do as well as cross-promotional partnerships did in any way, shape or form because the leads are more qualified when I'm doing it for partnerships. And part of that is I'm a little lucky because if you're, I would say that maybe a realtor would do like a contractor 
or somebody like that. Maybe they would go to some of the resources that they offer. Maybe they'd have a list of, here are the resources that I always share with people after they buy their house. What a great list that would be, right? So that could be another freebie. And those everyone on that list could be the people that you ask to actually share your thing, right? Like it's a, it's a cross-promotional magic, right? So for a while it was that. And then most recently I can share that I now have an affiliate program. And that has been the biggest boost to my business altogether. And I know some, I actually know some realtors who do this as well. It's tougher because I don't know the ins and out of it. So I can't explain all of it, but the affiliate program is, Hey, you're going to share my free class that leads into my product. And when someone buys the product, you're going to get a commission. And it's ongoing. Yes. And the, the reason why that works really well is regardless if they buy the class, I've just got an email off your list. So thank you for the purchasers, but also thank you for the email because what I want is the email because the person who doesn't buy today will buy a year from now that I'm just nurturing them and taking great care of them. So the other part of this, and this is the part, write this down, everybody. You must take care of the people on your list. So if you send an email once a month because you're a wimp and you're afraid to send more than that, more than that, okay, I get it. Start there, start there. We can start with one a month, but just remember. I get to know you through your consistency and the cadence of getting an email from Brian every Saturday is something that shows me that you're an authority authority, and that's something that is stable that I can rely on. When you send emails once in a while, you actually look messy. Mm, Your consistency. So like, for example, we are launching something tomorrow. It's called Brian's Favorite Things a la Oprah's favorite things, right? And so it's coming and it's going to be for everybody, actors and non-actors. It starts tomorrow. We're putting it in the world. It's going to come out once a month. And the magic what's the, of the, what's the landing page so I can the, There isn't one yet. I don't have one yet. You can't get it yet. I can't tell you yet. Yeah, text, text I'll come back and tell you. Yeah. Yeah, great. We'll make sure you guys can like, get to it. So it's going to be a collection of certainly things that I think are cool, right? Like that I actually think are cool. Some of those will be Amazon links. Some of them won't be Amazon. It's not about making money with this necessarily. But it is also going to be the place where I share my partners because in my business, I have so many partners at this point that if I were to send a single email for each of them all the time, I'd be sending emails all the time. So by really curating a list of really fun stuff, as well as my partner's free stuff, it's going to make people more likely to engage because I want my partners to see great return on deciding to partner with me, right? The The thing that I'll just share with this is in the beginning, when you're starting to grow your list and you're going to reach out, hey, I came up with a list of the best um, you know, restaurants and resources in my neighborhood. And I would love you restaurant to be on the list. And I'd love you to share, share this with your email list. It's very often that you'll interact with someone who does not have as much experience in email marketing as you do. So we decided very early on, we were willing to put in the sweat equity to either help someone or to give them the time to get it together, to be able to send an email for us. Because most businesses, not most, but some businesses that are local or smaller businesses are not always up to speed on email marketing, right? They haven't got that into their system yet. So we decided we're going to put in the effort for that. I remember at one point we were like logging onto someone else's email account and helping them set up the email. Like we really put in that equity to say, we believe in this and we believe that you can help. I like that, man. Yeah. That's actually really good. It gives us the ability to bring in everybody else we're working with. Totally. All of our- all of our business partners, then they feel loved and you're giving the value, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking of, for example, my partner is talking about, you know, we were looking for a house. 
we had friends who worked at this realtor and he was just so happy that this realtor like stuck around after they bought their house and was like, oh, you guys looking for a contractor? Here's somebody that I love, or you're looking for someone to do the electrical. And he was giving these resources to them. And to me, I was like, oh, well, that is a great list that you can give someone before they're like, like, and this is in the neighborhood, whatever you can make it neighborhood specific or county specific so that it's like your, Mm -hmm. your protected list of people that you adore. Give me your email address and name and I'll send you this list. Right. And then they end up on your email list and you're able to reach out to them. That's, that's a genius idea, man. I think we definitely. And what I would say is it should be the first thing on a website. Yeah. Pop-up window that says, when you land your house, you're going to need this list, right? Grab it now, mm-hmm. save this guide and you get their email address immediately. Because I know, and I, what I know from realtors, a lot of your leads are coming in cold off of Zillow and people filling out forms and all that, which is probably a, a great way to waste some time and also find some good leads. I'm sure it's a combination of both, right? Yeah. And so this could be another way for you to find, oh, this is a hotter lead. This person came through my website or they know a little bit more about me because probably you'll send them that freebie and then you'll follow up with an email. Hey, I'm Steve. Wanted to introduce myself to you. Da, 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 da. If you're looking in this market, here's what you need to know about me. I've got two kids and a dog and that like, like give some information that says I work really well with people who fill in the blank. So I can see myself in your target audience. Right. That's creepy. I like that. Yeah. I like yeah. it a lot. That can apply to any business too. Totally. Like go into, go into that vertical and do the exact yeah. same thing. This is really good, man. All right. So tell me about networking for humans. Got it. What is that? So I, so many times when we hear the word networking, I think a lot of people, um, I hope y'all are keeping up. I know I'm talking fast, so I appreciate it. Right. Good. So, um, I love all those notes. Okay. So, um, when people hear the word networking, I feel like they want to barf. Uh, and we don't like that word. And I, what I know is I often will use realtors as a guide. I say, I I get emails from them. I get, I get things in the mail from them. Like they are not in my experience, less afraid to put themselves out there because they know that's part of the game Mm -hmm. to me, at least some of the experience, right? I think the finding authenticity in that part is hard, which is why networking for humans was a class that I taught and it's teach, I teach it from time to time live. And this is a class it's all, there's some bits and pieces on my podcast, but the reason why I brought this up for so many people is I think we go into a networking event and we make everybody else an event or an online space. It could be either one. And you kind of decide everyone else there is a bouncer and I need to get into the club. And so we just, we make them into bouncers. Like, so that when someone says to you, what have you been up to lately? Or tell me about yourself. All that we hear is prove to me that you deserve to be in this room. What have you accomplished? Uh, Why should I waste time talking to you? And we do that. Yeah. Take some responsibility here. We change that question into prove that you belong in this room. We make them into bouncers. And another way that I relate to this, because you all know I'm a reverend, is I believe we grab that person by the hand and we drag them to hell to try to have a conversation. <laughs> and I use hell to mean neurosis, anxiety, judgment, that space. I'm not meaning like fire and brimstone, right? But we are literally bringing yourself and this person to a neurotic space. And so suddenly you find yourself on autopilot and talking about like, you're not even yourself in your response to that question. That's so true, man. And you're reducing yourself to your receipts. And my suspicion is you'd prefer to be seen for more than just your receipts. Yes, you need to use your receipts when you're doing marketing and to make sure people know. Like when, if you go looking at my, one of my, my, uh, my freebies is called make agents want you. And it's to help actors get agents, right? And it talks about, I've helped over 542 actors get representation. Of course, that number does give me some clout. 
but I don't walk in and shake somebody's hand and say, I've helped 504 directors find representation. It's just not the vibe, <laughs> right? Right. So if we reduce ourselves to our receipts, then that relationship gets to stay at a transactional level. So the invitation that I make for everyone here is to go beyond that. So when someone says, I'm going to give you a trick here, everybody. Uh, what have you been up to lately? Or tell me about yourself. First of all, pretend the word lately doesn't exist because recency does not matter. And the, what I want you to do is answer with two parts, one personal, one professional. And it doesn't matter how recent it is. It doesn't matter what it is. You don't say you're answering in two parts. That's our little secret that we worked out right here. Okay. It I'm answering matter. this one in two parts. Hold yes, on. yes. Yeah. And you don't say personal or professional. That's our little secret right here. Right. It's funny. And so it can look like if someone said, Hey, Brian, what are you up to lately? And I said, Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Uh, it's nice to meet you. Um, well, this weekend, I got two comedy shows on Friday night. I've got a friend, both of them, and my partner, and I love to see comedy. One of them is at Butt Cheese McGee Theater, and one of them is at Celine Dion. Blah, 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 blah. Like I'm making this up, but the, I want to add those specifics into my response. Mm-hmm. So that the person, if they've been to Butt Cheese McGee Theater, can say, oh, I've been to Butt Cheese McGee Theater. I know some, like this way, there's a specific for them to grab onto, right? Yeah. And then when it comes to the professional piece, it can be recent or not. It can be something in the future. What I would probably say is I'm really excited because uh, season three of my podcast starts in August. And we always start the season off with something called the Actor Survival Guide. And in case you haven't turned on the news in the past five minutes, you know that there's a writer's strike right now. So the business has been extremely affected. So I'm excited for this episode because I know it's gonna have a lot of value. And also hopefully some grounding advice at a time when actors can be very uncertain of like, where's my next paycheck gonna come from? Is there even gonna be a job for me? Uh, So I'm really pumped to put out something really valuable coming up in August, right? So those are two things I'm excited about, right? Two things I'm excited about. And they both are in the future. They don't have to be in the future. I tend to answer this question with future stuff. But you could just as easily say, I just closed a house today and I've been trying to get this house off the market forever. It's a fabulous house. I know it's got some quirks and I'm just so happy because the family that's moving in and what you're hearing in my voice isn't numbers, numbers, numbers. What you're hearing is my actual authentic excitement about what happened, which is why you could say, I got a new refrigerator today and it would be exciting. I saw someone do this once. They talked about their refrigerator. I was like, that's one of the best ones I've ever heard because what we're trying to get about you isn't what did you do and what did you accomplish? We are trying to understand what lights you up? What makes you excited? And honestly, it is vulnerable to do that, which is why we are hesitant to do that. It's scary to say what we love. How do you get better at this one? Besides just the obvious, which is practicing, but There's a anything. Trick. One is the trick. One is using the trick. I'm just going to freaking do this, right? Another is on the drive over or right before the thing. It's okay to think about, you know what? If someone asked me, what have I been up to lately or time about yourself? Here's the four or five things I might mention. And the reason we do that is we're not planning. We're not writing a script. But the reason we do that is we go, because I know I become a neurotic demon determined to bring people to hell when I'm at a networking event, I'm going to give myself a little bit of grace and come up with a couple things I might talk about tonight. In case someone asks and I get weird, because what if it's a real hot to trot sexy man and I'm feeling, whoa, he's flirting with me, right? I'm not worried about that. I have a partner, but I'm just saying like, you know, or what if it's like the guy who I oh no owns the biggest Douglas element in the whole market da, 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 and I'm going to get weird. This keeps me from getting weird. This is, this is a form to me of self-care. I like that. So you're thinking about your answers before, kind of yes. like preparing before a game or totally. before a 
or a speech or anything, a presentation. And just briefly preparing, right? Not scripting it out. And also I think about it like, this is how you know if it'll be something that works or not. Are you actually excited to talk about it? Would you love it if someone said, oh my gosh, that's awesome in response? And it might be a little vulnerable to say it because what if they don't care? But if you feel like, I would love to share this. It's such a cool thing that happened. And they have to run that through your own values. And if it's, if it's a number for you, it doesn't mean you can't talk about a number. You could have been working towards getting your da-da-da-da sale of the year. I've been working towards getting 50 sales by June 1st and da da like whatever it is, right? Like you can talk about it, but it has to be the thing that is honestly passionate to you, not mm. something you've decided the world thinks is immeasurable. You've decided it's immeasurable. Interesting, man. I, I feel like this is very similar to how you suggested we approach our communication online too, like newsletters, media. And I I agree with you on this one, on on everything that you said here. It makes a lot of sense. Like I'll connect with you based on what you're telling me in person and online. Yes. Then suddenly you become consistent to someone, right? I understand that guy. Yeah. You're not faking it is exactly right. So like, if you're not being puffed up or inauthentic, you're being the real. And also the next time you have to write an email, you're like, well, who do I need to be this time? It's just the more you sound like yourself. Now I want to be very mindful. Like writing is not an easy skill for a lot of people. So one of the things that I think is really important is to get yourself into some kind of groove where you're like either recording yourself talk, or if you are really good at writing, great. Just make sure it sounds like the way you talk. That is a huge way into people's hearts and a way to get people to read past the first scroll in an email is to talk to me like any person. And so I often will record myself or I'll use a dictating device on my phone or on my computer so that I can say the words out loud. And then I might throw it in chat GPT so it sounds a little bit better, but it still sounds like (laughs) me, right? And I will fight with chat GPT. No, that doesn't sound like me. You're wrong, right? So like I am typically using my own words. And another way to do think about this is This is like a prompt is what's something that pissed you off in the past week that will reveal everything about you. Ooh, what a great question, man. He's like something that that would not be the name of my newsletter, but it will reveal a lot about you and you could use it as an angle to write your newsletter or something that was so surprising to you. What pissed you off? What surprises you? I will say, I think that annoyance is the birthplace of invention in my life. Like, I'm like, I'm annoyed. I got the reason why, you know, I've helped so many actors find representation is I got annoyed with talking to actors about representation because it brought all of their stuff up as I'm sure when someone's buying a house, all their stuff comes up. Right. And so like, I was like, okay, we need to solve how you do this so you can be more thoughtful around it. So I really think that, you know, using the things that go well is a great thing to talk about, but also this did not work. And I want to share with you why share a freaking failure with your audience and they'll be your friend forever. Share a vulnerability with them. They'll be your friend forever. When I launched my podcast, I remember I revealed in one of my first emails, I've been sitting on this podcast for nine months because I had like 12 episodes already recorded. And I was like, I was letting perfection become the enemy of good. Yeah. I was being a perfectionist about this. And so I've been afraid to share it. So I cannot talk to my clients and act like I'm someone who says, just go out there and do it and not do it myself. So here we are ripping off the bandaid and putting it in your hands or in your ears, I should say. Now, that does not sound like someone who's saying like, look how awesome my podcast is. Not at all. And what it, people respond to, and this is, you know, write this on your post note, put on your computer, is people respond to your striving more than they respond to you getting it right. 
So if you're saying, I was really trying to find the house for this family, I knew that they wanted a three-bedroom, da-da-da, they ultimately decided not even to move to this county. But what was great about the time that we had together is it helped them figure out da-da-da-da-da. You know what I mean? Because I think that, you know, it can be very vulnerable to say, I didn't get them their house. That would be, an inc- but, but here's how I helped them. Then the person who's afraid to hire you will be like, oh, good. They'll still work with me even if I don't, if they don't end up finding my house. Oh, I understand that sometimes, and I, I think that realtors, I have so much compassion for the idea of the amount of work you have to put in or with one person to finally have a sale who knows how many months or weeks or whatever later. It is confounding to me. I'm like, wow, you are amazing. Like, how does you put that energy in there? I think that that stamina that you have there is empowered, is really powerful to me. And so how do you, how do you narrate that for someone who's afraid to say yes to working with you because they don't want to disappoint the realtor? Like, I can just imagine that person out there is like, well, I can't work with anybody yet. Cause I don't know what, how much money I have and da And like, certainly those kind of people who know how much money they have are more interesting to you, but maybe that's part of the process you do with people. Right. Very so I want to just kind of put that out there. I'm, I'm just kind of, you know, improvising the ideas here, but that's kind of what I'm thinking about. This is great, man. I, I, I think I'm going to go through this again after we're done and just put a lot more thought into you. You know what it is, is that for me, and hopefully for the people listening in, you gave me a lot of clarity on what it means to be authentic. And as I'm 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 reviewing the notes as you're talking, I feel like uh, it, it gave me a lot more clarity. And I sometimes miss that when it comes to authenticity. Yeah. You say, you know, just be authentic, be you, right? Yeah, that is nothing for me. Be you is I'm like making the bar from base. Like be you is not helpful. Because me is scared and afraid to put things on a page because I'm afraid someone's not going to like me. That feels like the authentic me. Yeah. Right? And I'll tell you, I know when I'm getting weird and I'm like, I'm afraid because I will stare at an email like, where's the words? Where's the commas? Which letters are capitalized? What should I make bold? When I get too far into that space, I go, oh, wow, Brian, this is no longer about how you want the person to feel when they get this email. This has become, it's about you. Yeah. It's about how do you look? So it the question to ask yourself when you get really stuck is, how do I want this person to feel when they open this email? Yeah. See, that's the key, what you just did, by the way. You, you're you giving us the questions to ask ourselves to be able to get to where we want to get to. That's what I noticed when I was going yeah. through. I'm like, oh, you're giving me the right questions to discover where I want to be. Right. Great. Yeah. And the so, trick is, I think, is to have that conversation with yourself. Also, you can also use your own inbox as a guide. When you get an email that you like, I have a little folder. It's like, I call it my what swipe folder. So if I get an email that I like, I just pop it in there. So if I need inspiration next time, I'll go in there and go like, oh, I like the way this person wrote this email. Oh, cool. I'm going to put my spin on this. It's a totally different topic, but I like how they laid it out, or I like how they told the story, or I like how this worked, right? It is, I mean, copy, it's not, you're not copying them. You're not, I'm not plagiarizing someone, but when you resonate with something, that's going to show you more of what you want to say, I think. I like that, man. Yeah. Great questions. Great. All right, Brian, Great. where do people go and follow you and learn more about you? Great. I would. Uh, I am on Instagram and my team is on Instagram for me at Brian says that, B-R-I-A-N says that. And then if you are interested in seeing one of my lead magnets, uh, well, first I'm going to say go over the podcast. The podcast, I put out content that is dispelling the 
starving artist myth for creative people. It's called Brian Breaks Character. We have guests on from all over the world, all different kinds of co- uh, content creators, producers, writers, directors, photographers, with a slant towards the entertainment industry, I'll say. And then if you want to see one of these lead magnets in action, that's called, again, the podcast is Brian Breaks Character. It's everywhere you listen. Uh, mm-hmm. And then if you want to see one of these podcast or these uh, lead in, these lead magnets in action, you could go to super sneaky auditions dot com or you could go to makeagentswantyou.com and super sneaky auditions is a download which is totally free make agents want you is a training which is totally free that leads into a sales process so if you want to see two versions of that um you're going to get a lot of emails because i will be trying to bring you into a funnel where you make a decision if you don't write me back and say i hate you for sending me emails because if you're not an actor these aren't going to align with what you want in your life but feel free to unsubscribe once you've experienced it uh, i'm not going to be mad so, uh, but that way you'll at least see how it works. I like this, man. All right. I just followed you on Instagram. Great. I got you. Brian says that. Yes. And I clicked on the link tree and I'm taking a look at all the good stuff as well. So Great. appreciate it. It's um, all there. It's all, you'll I, find it all there on Instagram. Yeah. Sign up for the newsletter too. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So also Brian's it. favorite things. You know, I'll give you that link. Yes. That's so good. Great. Uh, Great. What, um, what newsletter company are you currently using? So I use uh, something called Drip, which is my CRM. Um, and for those of you who are out there who are not needing to have a huge, like managing sales and da 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 da, it's it's more comprehensive than you might need. I think most people can do well with getting started with something like Mailchimp or Constant Contact. If you're getting a little fancier, you might move to something like ConvertKit or Kajabi. Yeah, um, yeah, but uh, those are good places to start. I like it, man. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. And good luck with your house hunting. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Those are all the brilliant thoughts that we have for you today. If you like what you're hearing, drop us a review or just tell your friends. This has been a success podcast. Head to success.com slash podcast to hear more just like it. 